Welcome to Redefining the Good Life, the podcast that calls BS on the rat race of modern life and helps you finally have the courage to go after your dreams. I'm your host, Aishan Karaduman, aka The Omnivorist. I'm a life coach and functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Using a blend of mindset tools and ancestral nutrition, as well as understanding just what it means to be human today, I'm here to help you change the trajectory of your life. Another future is possible, my friend. Welcome on board. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Redefining the Good Life and Happy New Year. 2020 has been an odd year, to say the least. Um, but I know that for me, it's also been a gift in many ways. Uh, sometimes an uncomfortable and painful gift, but one that never allowed me to avert my gaze from what's important to me. In some ways, it made me insanely grateful for what I have and what I've created, and it's also made it painfully clear what I want more of and and I have yet to create in my life. And it also made me less afraid of feeling all the feelings, and sometimes even when that means just finding myself in existential dread. I hope that you've been taking the time also to slow down these days and to allow any lessons that the year has brought us to sink in. And I think for many of us, New Year's Eve won't be filled with <laughs> the usual celebrations. So I think that we're going to have even more time and more excuse to really kind of relish that slower life. And today I want to talk about a topic that can be considered to be Mindset 101, and I think it's a good one to come into the new year with. And that is awareness around your own thoughts and what they create for you. Now, this is the kind of lesson that is so basic that when you hear it, it makes perfect sense and you think you're totally on board, of course. And yet, even though you may know it intellectually, you tend to forget it when you're actually going through your life. So actually, even for life coaches, it's something that we get back to again and again and again. So what is the power of our thoughts and why is it so important to be aware of it? Well, it's because our thoughts are how we create everything in our lives, whether we're aware of it or not. But the problem is, when we're unaware, we create lots of things that we don't really want. And when we do become aware of their power, then we can use them to create more of the things that we do want. And so this first starts with that most important step, which is, again, awareness. And in this case, understanding what your current thoughts are creating for you. Now, maybe you're somebody who already considers themselves to be pretty self-aware. Maybe you even like to journal and you've been doing it for a long time. But I want to say that there is a difference between being introspective and being truly self-aware. And the difference is whether you take your own thoughts at face value or not. Because many of us, when we think 
we're being self-aware, we're actually often being pretty closed off to change. We get very opinionated about who we are and who we're not. And, you know, what we think is just personality traits and just knowing yourself well, it's oftentimes a whole bunch of limiting beliefs about who we are that actually get in the way. And we do this kind of thing all the time. Oh, I'm not an athletic person. I could never give up my bread. I know the most I can ever make in my line of work is 40K a year, etc. Or anytime you start a sentence with, I'm the kind of person who dot, 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 or I'm someone who, you know, fill in the blanks. Now, I would say, if you are new to personal development and specifically to mindset work, be very suspicious of your brain that wants to start any sentence like that. Chances are there's a limiting belief in there about what's truly possible for you. So today I want to impart three ideas to you, okay? Number one is you are not your thoughts. Number two is your thoughts create your feelings. And number three, your thoughts are actually optional. So let's start with the first part. You are not your thoughts. I spoke about this in an earlier episode. My first real introduction to this idea was when I discovered mindfulness meditation. Um, And that was at the beginning of me, you know, building that emotional toolbox for myself. So mindfulness meditation is when you sit down quietly and focus on something like the sensation of your breathing, like you allow that physical sensation to anchor you. And the idea is not to push away your thoughts or empty your head, so to speak, which is, you know, completely impossible, but rather just let the thoughts come and go without attaching to them, like to be the observer of your thoughts. So that's when you become aware that who you are is actually quite distinct from all that chatter that's going on in your brain. You know, that inner dialogue that you can never seem to shut off. So meditation is really helpful for understanding that crucial distinction and to give yourself space between that rapid fire chatter that your mind, that your ego offers and who you truly are deep down. So for me, that was a great um, beginning, but I wanted more. I was like, okay, I am not my thoughts, but what do I do with all the thoughts I do have? (laughs) And that's where coaching and mindset work come in. And one of the first things to understand there is that your thoughts create your feelings, meaning your feelings are an inside job. Now, this is mind-blowing because I guarantee you 100% that you are at least some of the time convinced that your feelings are created by what happens outside of you. You know, my mom makes me feel guilty. No, she doesn't. No one can actually do that to you. No one can actually make you feel anything. You know, your mother says something and you have a thought about what she said and that thought that you have creates the feeling of guilt. And how do we know this to be true? You know, think about if you have siblings who might have a completely different reaction to your mother's antics. So it's the same circumstance. It's still your mother saying a similar thing 
And whereas you feel guilt, your sibling feels something like, I don't know, maybe just lightheartedness or, huh, that's just mom and just maybe like just love. I don't know. Who knows? So it just goes to show you that it is not what comes out of your mom's mouth that makes you feel guilty, but what you make it mean with your own thoughts. Now, here's a fine point here. Accepting that your thoughts create your feelings does not mean that you're somehow wrong for having those feelings. But it's just that there is so much power in understanding where your feelings come from, because then you have a choice. Do I want to keep feeling this way or do I want to feel differently? This is exactly what takes us out of emotional victimhood when we realize where our feelings truly come from. And there's also the other, this distinction that I think is really helpful to make here. There is something like clean pain and dirty pain. Clean pain is anytime, you know, something happens in life, which, you know, life is 50-50, 50% positive, 50% negative emotion. So things happen, we might feel upset, we might feel frustrated, we might feel angry, we might feel disappointed, you know, the whole gamut, right? But chances are, or often, let's say, you are having an appropriate human emotion, an appropriate human reaction. That's the clean pain of being human. That's you showing up for the full experience, okay? Dirty pain is when you actually judge the way you feel. Oh, I thought I was over this. God, I've, I've done so much work on this thing. I can't believe this is still coming up for me. See that? In that situation, you're adding so much needless pain and adding so much more suffering than you need to. So this is important to understand. And it is those thoughts, those judgy thoughts that are creating that multiplication of the pain, if you will. So let's take this a step further. How exactly do our thoughts create our reality? Now, you have probably heard me mention this before. One tool that I use a lot in my coaching is the self-coaching model developed by Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School. So according to this um, way of, um, let's say, modeling the world and human behavior, it's, it goes like this. We have circumstances. Now, circumstances are anything that is outside of us. The weather, what your mom said, what your kid eats, um, you know, the pandemic, all of it. And circumstances are essentially neutral, meaning they are neutral of meaning. Okay, they're neither here nor there. Then we have thoughts, like we have thoughts about that circumstance. Okay, so we assign meaning to that circumstance. Our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions or our inaction. And our actions or inaction create our results in life. So I'm going to give you a very specific example here. It's from one of my um, wonderful clients that I just finished working with. And one of her goals early in our work together was to stop her habit of smoking three cigarettes a day. 
And, you know, she didn't consider herself to be totally addicted because obviously it was reasonable, quote unquote, but she also didn't totally love having this thing in her life. And so we got to speaking about it, like what's going on for you? When do you have it? Why do you think you need it, etc. And she felt like her afternoon cigarette was the one she needed most, quote unquote, needed because she needed to relax. That's what she was telling herself. So I asked her, why do you need to relax? Well, so she has a young daughter, and after having spent the morning together and um, feeling a little tired from that, and then her kid starts getting a little cranky, and, you know, she's feeling that buildup of stress, and then she finally goes down for a nap. And that's when my client feels like, oh, okay, now I need my cigarette to relax, okay? I was like, okay, but why are you, like, needing to relax exactly? And it turned out she thinks when her kid is stressed, she gets stressed. And why is that? Well, because she starts wondering, well, my kid is uncomfortable. Does that mean maybe I'm not doing the right thing? It's really painful when she cries before she goes to sleep. So I pointed out to her that her daughter's two years old and her moods are completely normal. And so Basically, what happened is, so basically what we ended up discovering in here is that she had a thought that she was somehow failing as a mother if her daughter was getting moody and that, and that basically that this was wrong and there was something wrong. And because this was so painful to her, she felt the need to numb that pain. And her brain, being a very successful human brain, offered a cigarette as the solution. And so once we became aware of this and addressed the underlying thought, quitting was not a problem for her. And because, as I said before, like she didn't even actually like smoking that much. But so this is how we create the things we don't want in our lives. When we aren't aware of our own thought processes, we end up developing habits for things we don't even like that aren't even aligned with who we think we are or who we want to be. So we did two things here. We addressed her need to relax, which just turned out to be a whole bunch of other thoughts that weren't serving her. And really, that had no business getting her stressed. And the second thing we did was also like teaching her to lean into the discomfort. Because you are human, you can feel stressed, and you can feel a need to relax, and you can have an urge for a cigarette, but you don't have to do anything about it. So that is also an option. You can be uncomfortable feeling those feelings without reaching for the cigarette. So this brings us to the third part, the third thing I wanted to talk to you today about. Your thoughts are optional. You don't have to hold on to them if they no longer serve you. So in my client's example, you know, when she thinks my child is having a normal reaction, it's appropriate for her age, nothing has gone wrong, those thoughts actually remove the need for a cigarette because when she thinks them, she's no longer stressed and therefore does not need to relax with a cigarette. See what we did there? She did not stop her cigarette habit by, for example, replacing it with something else, right? She actually removed the need and eventually the urge. 
So the less effective way of doing this would have been just substituting cigarettes for something else. This is why people often end up gaining weight after quitting smoking because they're replacing cigarettes with food. But when we actually address the thoughts in your head, we take care of the problem in such a more radical and effective way. And another common example of this is when clients say to me, I don't have time. I'm just running around all the time. I'm just so overwhelmed. And they are just so convinced that this is an observation of reality. But here's what happens when you believe that. When you believe that you just don't have time, you get overwhelmed, you get flustered. And when you feel overwhelmed and flustered, you either avoid your to-do list completely or you start five things at the same time without finishing any of it. And as a result, again, going back to that model I just introduced to you, what you create with those actions is, oh, you do not have time. That thought, thinking, I don't have time, literally created your reality. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy or something. But if you were to think something like, all the important things always get done. Now, thinking that, a thought like that might create feelings of peace and calm, perhaps confidence. And when you feel those feelings, I bet you you're going to get some shit done. And as a result, all the important things will be taken care of as they usually are. So notice how every time you are thinking something, you actually have a choice in the matter. And you get to see what is this thought creating for me? And then think about what else? What is another way of looking at this? So this, in a nutshell, is how we create our reality with our thoughts. Of course, this is a very simplified version. There's a lot more complexity to it than this. But I think this gives you a really good like foundation to build upon. And you may have heard fancy ways of putting this, like we're the co-creators of our reality along with the universe and things like that. But this is what that means, okay? So it means that we do it all with our minds, with our own thinking. <laughs> Even though we would love to think that it's due to getting lucky or unlucky with our circumstances. But that's simply not true. For every person who got beat down in the face of adversity, there's another who saw opportunity in a crisis. So here's another important aspect to all this. Our thoughts around our past are also super important. Now, we usually think the past is the past, nothing you can do about it, and we have very strong opinions about our story. Like many of us regret things in the past or blaming other people, getting into that victim mentality, or on the contrary, we think that it was all blind luck, like all of our good fortune was just luck. So this is actually, and I can give you an example from my own life. This is something I thought for a very, very long time when I was younger. Like, oh, I just got so lucky. Like, I remember when I first moved to, you know, Paris and um, just trying to get a job or those first years when I did get jobs, I, I remember thinking like, oh, I got lucky. Like, I got a break. Somebody gave me a chance. And I wasn't actually recognizing it was me who created that luck. I mean, you know, I was thinking like, oh, I'm in this mode of like hoping someone will give me a chance. You know, even though that might technically be true, I was the one putting myself in serendipity's way by, first of all, 
upping and leaving my life in New York and everything I knew and moving to a new city and country and also reaching out to contacts, knocking on doors, doing everything I can to raise my chances of landing an opportunity. So of course it was me creating my own luck. So, but the thing is, we get into this like really like the scarcity mindset of we get clingy, we get afraid, like, oh, I'm so lucky, I'm so grateful, like not everybody has what I have, and I may not have had this if it weren't for that particular person, and da 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 da. da. Whereas when you recognize your own power, it's like having that abundance mindset. You feel powerful because you know that whatever happens, you will figure out a way. And so the difference for me between my younger self and right now is that instead of accidentally stumbling upon the right mindset to allow me to go after my dreams, now I do it deliberately, intentionally. And of course, then it goes a lot faster. The power of our minds truly knows no bounds when we learn how to wield it. And I also have to say, coaching helps you take charge of that whole process. When you start taking responsibility for everything you have created so far, the good as well as the bad, then there is no future too impossible for you to attain when you start thinking intentionally. And as you know, in the way I work with my clients, we first start with the way you feel in your body. Like just imagine getting up every morning actually excited for the day ahead and hitting the pillow every night with that feeling of satisfaction and pride and knowing that you gave it your all. And of course, like imagine what you can go on to create with your life at every aspect of your life when you actually start having the wherewithal to think about those interesting questions. It really is super exciting. So if you are ready to rock 2021, just reach out to get started, okay? My email is in the show notes. All right, that's all I have for you today, my friends. Have a wonderful new year, and I will speak with you next time. Hey, come join us in our private Facebook group, Redefining the Good Life, where we continue the conversation about just what it means to have a meaningful life today. See you there.